Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Hit Factor. Uh, we have a special show for you tonight. One, it might be special because uh, technology is like, we don't know what's going to happen, like, because we're using our old, like, we're going, like, old school, like, with Skype and uh, Audacity, and because we have a guest, and, like, so, if you guys are watching on video, if this makes it on YouTube or not, and you see our guest, uh, he actually lives in a place that doesn't even have electricity yet, um, so very, <laughs> so if he doesn't have electricity, you know he doesn't have internet, uh, so... But no, we have uh, Jay Beal on us on with us tonight, so we're gonna uh, go through a bunch of questions with him. Um, but like, okay, Jay Jay has been on before, but it's been a while, and because we yeah. had a we had a we had a former get, I mean, not a former, but a listener is like, hey, you guys need to like introduce yourselves again. So we had to introduce ourselves again, like kind of introduce just like quick, like who is Jay Beal other than a goat farmer? Um, yeah, other than a goat farmer. Um, I, um, I, I have a really, really strong passion for shooting and competing. Um, and it like consumes most of my life. Uh, and I, so I, the, the training is kind of like just nonstop it's, and, um, I don't compete as much as I'd like to just cause of the area main, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, this, the intro stuff is tricky, but anyway, I'm a USPSA Grandmaster, um, and uh, I travel around as much as I can to shoot, and I train a lot, and I have so much fun doing it. That's about it. When did you yeah, start? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's better. Um, <laughs> I I think this is this is like my fourth year, fourth or fifth year. So I started in in fall 2017. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that there's so many people that I talked to that started around that same time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it seems like all the people that are kind of uh, in this circle, I don't know, uh, started around that time, like 16, 17. There's just a lot of people that started around that time. So yeah, that, like, that makes sense because like that, that year three, year four, like you've like, that's when people like get good like they like they've had like they've had enough time to like figure the sport out and like maybe make some mistakes and and be able to fix those mistakes like they've traveled to enough matches they understand it and like that's when like so like you're figuring the sport out like you've had like mostly a positive trajectory like the whole way through that up to that point because like because mm -hmm. everything's new and so, like, you're, like, that year three, year four, year five, that's when everybody's, like, the most excited about shooting. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Every, like, you've had success, and everything's looking positive at that point. And so, I mean, that makes sense that you see a lot of people that are really active right now have been in the sport yeah. for, for that amount and of it's, time. And it's, and it's interesting, too, because that around this time frame is, is the same of when people, like, get out, like, they stop. 
they yep. quit. Um, right. Yeah. They hit that plateau, and and they're done. They're, they're gonna they're either gonna figure it out or cut it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 a definitely yeah it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like like other thing like people need to know about Jay if they don't know about it like he's like the dry fire like master like he has like this dry fire dojo that I mean like I have a great setup for shooting where I'm at um but like his dry fire setup basically you have like a full size basement is that is that basically right and it's like all just like dry fire yeah yeah it's currently that way I mean like my wife. And we, we keep on moving more things that are not dry fire related down there. So, you know, it's, it's bound to happen. But, yeah, it was, it was built for dry fire. So it's good. <laughs> so, like, he's, like, running, like, full-size swingers, like, like mm-hmm. walls, like, ports, fault lines. Like, he's yeah. setting up, like, mini stages, like, real targets in your dry fire setup. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think there are other people doing it. But, but I, at least I'm the only one posting about it, maybe. I mean, I, I think it's fairly unique. I I haven't, I haven't seen anybody with like like that dedicated, like that that big of a dedicated space, um, yeah. which is awesome. No, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty sweet. I I'm definitely like, I'm happy to have it. I wasn't always that way. The first the first couple of years I was doing this, I was in like a tiny area. Um, yeah, and I didn't post any videos about that because, <laughs> right, <laughs> so. But the offside of that is you don't actually shoot that many rounds in a year, right? No, I don't. I don't. Um, and and that's just because, like, financially, I'm not in a spot right now where I can just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, the way things are right now, it's kind of tricky to do that, too. Well, I mean, everybody's kind of coming back. To, they're like, everybody's being forced to, like, how has Jay? How has Jay been doing this? Like, how is he so good without any ammo? Because none of us have ammo now. So, like, I mean, right. like, so, like, when you're saying you don't shoot a lot, I'm saying you don't shoot a whole lot. Like, what, like, what was your total rounds shot last year? If you, like, ballpark, if you don't know exactly. Uh, I can't remember exactly. I have it written down and stuff. Um, I think last year was around four thousand. Um, which was more than the year before. I think the year before was like three was three thousand. Um, and then this, this year will be in training. It'll be, it'll be 4,000 and then mat plus matches. So it'll be like more this year than it, than it has been. Um, and that feels like a lot. It feels like a lot to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. but like if I had more than that, I would be like, what am I supposed to do with all this? But I think like, I'm going to, I'm going to progress up to that. Like that's, that's the plan to start shooting more. Yeah. Because there's there's value in that as well. Um, oh yeah. As, I mean, I don't know knows. how. Yeah, I don't know how you. I don't know how you do it because, like, if I shot that few rounds, like every time I picked up the gun, it would be like, "Wow, what is this explosion that's going off my hands? What am I supposed to do with that?" Uh, so, like, how <laughs> do you? I mean, like, obviously, like, if you're only shooting that many rounds, like, you can't stay totally like dialed in with like the recoil control and stuff like that as far as like the, the gun actually going off so how do you stay in a state that like when you go shoot there's not this big because you don't you can't afford to have a hundred rounds to get used to the gun again like that's no. whole practice session yeah mm-hmm. so like if i i think it i think it's just planning around like the the matches that i shoot so if i know that a match 
that I care about is coming up like two months in advance. I'm going to be shooting. I'm going to be shooting like multiple days a week, you know, in through the week, you know, lower round counts. But then when it gets up to the match, like it's so familiar because I've been shooting like four or five, four or five days a week. So it's 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 not like a separation. Like I don't have to do that adaptation okay. um, period. So I don't feel like. The funny thing is, like, even though it sound it sounds off, but I don't feel like it's a disadvantage to have to have to be in my circumstance because I don't know. Even if I could shoot like a lot, but it would have to be once once a week. I don't know. I don't know. It'd be weird. Like so, like you're saying, you shoot three or four times a week. I mean, you got to be talking like fifty rounds. Like you go, yeah, like- some sometimes less and and we talked about this on the on the other episodes so if people want to um check it out but yeah uh, but it's yeah sometimes it's it's like 20 rounds it's like a mag so i'll go out and do like a mag of doubles um and then come back and it's and it's easy too because like i'm i can shoot kind of you know around wherever and Mm -hmm. i can throw up a target uh and and shoot a mag of doubles you know throw the target back in and i'm done in like five minutes and Mm -hmm. and then from that you know you learn you you can pull pieces that you learned about your grip um and then just go and and dry fire doubles the same thing which has been doing a ton this year too um and and so like that would be what i'm talking about like every day of the week but then during you know maybe one one of those days i'll go out and shoot 100 rounds and work on some some different stuff uh, but that's that's kind of what i'm talking about you know it's a yeah. mag or two consistently that's that's fascinating. Uh, it feels so. It feels so normal to me now. So it's yeah. it's, yeah. it's it's funny. Um, like I I love it. I love this kind of. I love the way I train right now. Um, and I guess it would just be nice to shoot more. But again, it's like I don't know how I, how I would shoot more. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you. I mean, you've definitely developed your system that obviously works works really well for you. Have you shot a nationals yet? Yeah, I shot uh, 2020, and then okay. um, I didn't shoot 21 because we had a kid. <laughs> Understandable. You know, it's almost like you can plan those out, but also who plans those out? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even if yeah, you can try to plan it, but it's still yeah, doesn't work. That that's the other thing about all those people that started shooting in 2016, 2017, like they all have infants now. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it too. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, we didn't cover it. Jeff, you said you were having a good bourbon night. What do you What do you got tonight? Uh, the Kentucky Spirit. Is that what it's oh, called? Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah, I have like half a pour left. So, but it was good. It's good tonight. It's not too hot tonight for me. So that's good. There's only 101 proof. Was it, is that what it was? I thought it was like. No, I don't know. Well, that, maybe no. that's why it's not too hot then. Kentucky, yeah, Kentucky Spirit's only 101. Rare Breed is 116. If you had, mm-hmm. if you've had Rare before, that's 116. Uh, so that's no, I almost, good. I almost opened mine tonight, but I didn't. I have some Peerless. I haven't had, I haven't had, actually, haven't had the Peerless in a while. I've been kind of killing some off some other bottles, but that's good. Mm. But, but I have, so I tried something tonight, Jeff. That like this is this is up your alley. I mean, I'm assuming Jay that like you don't have you're not 
you're in your goat barn, so I'm goat assuming milk? you don't have anything. Got a glass of goat milk there? I have. I mean, I could go get some goat milk. No, I have water and then like some spicy almonds. You know, I'm I'm good to go. Some spicy. Oh, nice. Are those but like my, the wasabi almonds? No, I love the wasabi ones. These are ones are the uh, the sriracha ones, which oh, are okay. also super good. But my Do they make dress- a Frank's one? <laughs> uh, oh, maybe. I don't know. But my phone's resting resting on the container of nuts, so I can't even eat them right now. So it's oh, too bad. My goodness. No, oh, my yeah. favorite ones are the salt and vinegar almonds. Ooh. I've had those before, I think, too. Yeah. Good stuff. Almonds are like, they're like supposed to be healthy to eat, right? Like they're supposed to be good for you? I, I think mean, so. they have like some healthy fats in them. Oh. A little bit of protein. I mean, I don't <laughs> know. Like I was, I was asking, but I don't know. But, okay, so, Jeff, I have something for you tonight. So, like, one of my favorite desserts is just, like, vanilla ice cream with a, uh, like, with a brownie. Like, just yeah. the, just, like, the, the box brownies. Like, they don't need to be fancy brownies. I, I like, my favorite brownies are just the box brownies. Um, box, no you mean, like, you buy, like, the box of batter and then you make the brownies? Yeah, you just add eggs and oil. Okay, and, yeah. Yeah, right. those are, like, my favorite brownies. Uh, but, so, yeah. tonight, I was, like, what if on my brownie I just poured some bourbon into the brownie and let that kind of soak into it real good, dude? Yeah, that'd be bussin', yo. Like bussin'? That is bussin'. Like, <laughs> no doubt that that is bussin'. That's I I don't know if I'll try that. Maybe you got and it, dude. You got to try it. I like am not really a fan of bourbon flavored things. Like I I like bourbon, but like, I especially like cream and bourbon. Like, I don't, I don't really like creamy alcohol. Really? That's yeah. kind of interesting. Like, so like, this doesn't, like, it doesn't really, like, because there's so much sweet in the ice cream and the brownies that, like, yeah. you don't, you don't really get, like, the bourbon flavor. Like, the sweetness overcomes it. But it gives you, like, a little bit of, like, there's almost, like, a little bit of spice in there, almost, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't like it, but maybe I'll try it. But I hate to ruin a brownie and bowl ice cream. You can just well, you can just just take like a small bite of brownie and just try it on just like like a two biter piece of brownie, right? Like don't uh, soak your don't drench your entire brownie. That way you can try it. Gotcha. And make a video like and see if it's bussin or not. <laughs> You'll be bussin'. forced to say the word bussin. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I. So we, I, we had some friends over last night and uh, I said something about I said something about bussing and right. and uh, and some some people were there were like, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, it comes from this video. Like, you got to watch this video. So I pulled up this video from that Captain Crunch syrup and that yeah. I assume he's from Oklahoma. Like I like literally I assume that guy is from Oklahoma. He may not be maybe West Virginia or something. But like if people haven't seen this, like the Captain Crunch syrup, like. And he's like, we're going to, we, is it busting? We face to find out. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen this. I gotta watch you it. haven't. Okay. I'm going to, no. I'm going to, I got to, we've got to send it to you. Uh, it's, but like, so I thought that was the origination of busting. Like, uh, cause that's the first time I've uh, heard yeah. it, mm. but apparently it's not. We had like some of the friends like that were over, like their teachers and like, yeah, yeah no, the kids you say busting all the time. Like. And I was like, oh, well, I thought I was, I, I, I didn't, 
I didn't think I was like hip with the kids. I thought it was cool because of that meth head uh, on Instagram. Uh, that's that. And then I realized, oh, okay, I'm just I'm just old and late to the party. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that that we were on the front front edge of that of that trending. Did you yeah, know that that was a word that people like other than meth heads used? No, but I also just assumed that that I was behind. Like I just assumed that that word's been being used. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I yeah, I'm just old. I mean, I think in general, us people in the in the middle part of the country here were like six months to a year behind the coastal areas. So like they start doing something and then it kind of drifts inland, and <laughs> That's then we probably, yeah, Jay's on the cutting edge, but I don't know yeah. if like well, yeah, no, Jay's definitely not. not. <laughs> like a goat farm in the Pacific, Pacific coast is that what they what would you Pacific Northwest? Yeah, no northeast, yeah. not northeast. northeast. Yeah, northeast, kind of on the coast, but like far away from any. Like I'm like, yeah, no, I'm definitely not on the cutting edge. Um, I didn't even know bussing was a word. Well, I don't think it's yeah. a word. Well, like an expression. I never heard it before until you said it in, in the discord. And I was like, what's bussing? I didn't even like do some research. So people in the discord, you got to throw up the video of the, uh, that, <laughs> that Jeremy's talking about. Yeah. We, oh, we yeah, need it's to, in there. it's the, there's like a link oh, is to it. it. In there? Yeah. Oh, well. It's yeah, gotta it's... be a, we have to pin that link so that everybody yeah. can know. Yeah, we do need to. Because uh, you're gonna if you don't know that and you're in the Discord, like you're you're gonna be missing out on a lot of stuff. Yeah, that would be me, right? Yeah, now, up until now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's I actually still... a there's actually a a bussin, uh gif or gif, whatever you want to call it, of that guy saying oh, bussin. Yeah, totally. I I probably scrolled by that and was like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah so, yeah someone already made that gif it wasn't me so see and there's more than one videos of him on on instagram like yeah trying different stuff because i've seen but, other videos of him but the captain crunch syrup one is the best i mean like he takes this blue captain crunch syrup and then he puts it on ice cream <laughs> that already was drenched in caramel syrup and other like i think it had like m&ms or something like that on it like it was already Oh my gosh. It was so, it was, that's, that's one of the best videos Instagram's ever produced. It's pretty <laughs> solid. So we just wrapped up, this is coming out and we have just wrapped up our reload challenge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Jay and I were talking about this a little bit, Jeff, like I want to hear about your experience because like Jeff was on there, like Jeff, like, like he made the rules. He's like, I want this reload challenge to be like, you guys are like bloody knuckles, <laughs> like going as hard as you can. I want extreme speed. Like you're only like, like hitting one out of a hundred, like go nuts. Like that's what we want from this challenge. Yeah. And, and Jeff posted his video, which if you're, <laughs> if you're not on the discord, like you should, you should join the discord and go look under that and, and find Jeff's video. And, I don't know if I would describe Jeff's reload as what he was looking for in this. In this, playing yourself, Jeff. 
Explain yourself. I mean, for me, it it was. Um, like, I think that ceiling can be pushed, honestly. And I did. Mm-hmm. But, like, that reload that I that I posted, like, that... Like, that was a damn fast reload for me. Like, to, <laughs> to even, like, see what was going on. Like, I just... And that's... I think that's uh, kind of like a comment that Jeremy said in, in the in the Discord uh, earlier today about, like, like me growing as a shooter might be painful. Um, <laughs> You're talking physically painful, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's going to require that, like, pushing quite a bit outside that that comfort zone on the speed side to, to make some gains. And then, you know, just making faster, feel more comfortable, and then you back it off 10%, and, and now you have a new top end that you can function at. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, I was going hard. Like I could have brought the percentage down even more and like tried to go harder, but I mean, I was, I was hurting my fingers. My hands were sore. That's good. Uh, I, I dinged up my guns more than I really wanted to. Um, <laughs> that's the other thing, you know, I don't want to like wreck my polymer guns and have to go buy a new one. No, no, it's um, okay. They just get wrecked to a certain point and then they, you don't care anymore, and no, none of the ROs care. No one cares. Yeah, keep right. Going. Do the mags like still fall out of them if they're wrecked? Dude, that's when you take your pocket knife and like cut cut any material that is blocking the mag from falling, and you're good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally and your fine. mag's just like wobbling inside the gun. Yeah, like, it shakes oh. around. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that I mean, actually like... distracted me when I was shooting the other day. I like went to load the gun, and it was like looser in the gun than i was used to and i thought that it like it was about to fall out so i like, had to like stop and hit the mag but i was like nope it's fine it's just rattling <laughs> aren't those disposable guns anyway i mean for some people not I me thought, i thought that's why you got it. i thought they were kind of like the disposable gloves like yeah use them a couple times and get another one well i don't want to i don't I don't like buying things. I get it. But, but, yeah, I mean, yes, I know my reload was underwhelming to the masses. I get it. But most of my shooting is underwhelming to the masses. So, it it doesn't surprise me. And I was very pleased with everyone else's entries. <laughs> and how fast they were. <laughs> so, Yeah. That was awesome. No, we did get a lot of a lot of good entries and and uh like it was it was cool to see because like people like like there were lots of people that like like they posted a video like early on and then like you could see them like like they'd come back like three days later and like they would put a new video up and delete their first yeah. one. Yeah. Uh uh-huh. and because like because like they're like they were grinding, man. And like some of you were talking about like they were like grinding like for like hundreds of it. Like this second this reload was like two hundredths of a second faster than this one so i'm gonna post this yeah, one i was totally uh, not doing that at all <laughs> right <laughs> so jay was- so you you like i had to call you out because like we were like the last day like okay jay hasn't posted and jay was the guy that i predicted to win this so it's like okay he's got to post something uh so i was i called jay out and he's like so he finally he finally did last day like late submission he got it in uh yeah. so like how was this challenge for you well, it was like 
Well, it's really funny because I recorded that video like way early on. I was like, well, eh, okay. And then, um, and then I wasn't going to do it until you called me out. Um, but the whole thing, <laughs> it was, it was like a really good reminder of, and we're like, we're talking about reloads and stuff, but like the idea of, of building a skill and like learning how to learn, um, and you do that so well early on in like a, when you like start out doing something new mm-hmm. and it's hard to do something new when nothing is new. And so yeah. like when you go and we were talking about this early before we started to record, but like you push yourself so hard that you're like you're hurting yourself. You're feeling all the tension come in and you start to learn stuff. Um, and so like that process was was cool. And it was like even if it just reminds me that like yeah tension doesn't help so like extra tension is mm-hmm. not not helpful um and that then can be applied to everything in you know shooting related um yeah, for sure. like and and also in the mind like mental tension doesn't help like none of it you know so i don't know it was it was a pretty cool challenge and then plus the competition you know like part to it where like it's funny because you you like you post a video on the discord or whatever, you know, like you upload it and your heart rate goes up. You're like, wow. yeah, you're like interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it's really funny. Like, I don't know. It was, it was pretty fun. It was really cool. And I hope, uh, I hope there are more challenges too going forward. Yeah. I have, I have some plans. Like the reload one is like, it was so easy to do like, yes. because it's like this one specific skill that all divisions have to do. Like, like that you, you can do it. Like we could do it dry fire. So like, there's like literally anybody can do it. If you own a gun, a holster and a mag, well, you don't even have to holster. If you own a gun, a belt and a mag pouch, like you can do it. Um, like finding more challenges like that might be harder. So like it may turn into more kind of like almost like mini stage or drill type things, uh, that maybe people do with actually live ammo. Um, so like we may be doing more stuff like that. Uh, but I think that, I think it's cause that could still be cool too. Almost like a, postal match type thing almost yeah the competition side of side of it would be hard hard to do outside of it's so hard Mm -hmm. to do thing something that's like you know by numbers with it without being super organized but even if it's like yeah people doing drills and you bring somebody off the discord to talk about it on an episode or something like that'd be cool yeah yeah for sure uh so my video was like i was just going for like ultimate ridiculousness uh Mm -hmm. Like, so like I, I cut the sleeves off my shirt, which I'd never, like, I don't own a sleeveless shirt. Like I never do that. And then I just took like one of those sleeves and use it as a headband. And then I put, I put, I tried to, I wanted to get, I was trying to make it like cool. So like I, uh, I got on YouTube, like I have a TV in my shop. And so like I got on YouTube and like, just like Googled like patriotic music. And so like, I was just like, it was just supposed to be like some patriotic music, but then like the music that was like actually playing for like the my three second clip it was wasn't that it wasn't all that great uh but so then i used like a single stack with with no magwell at all um which i was kind of surprised like like when i wasn't trying like how many loads i actually hit but when i was trying to go fast uh like the like I missed so many times that it like it was it was really hard to make myself keep going hard at it. And then yeah. the, for me, the hardest part was reestablishing my grip because 
because you miss so many times, you never actually complete that motion. And so then like the time where the mag goes in the gun, it's like you have to complete that motion right away. And mm-hmm. and like I couldn't I could not get a little bit of a pause out of it. Uh, not not in the time I had not with not with no magwell. Um, and so there's there's a little pause when the when the mag goes in and I couldn't make myself go go harder. I was trying uh, and I right. I couldn't. Um, so I was going for ultimate ridiculousness because Jeff said it <laughs> needed to be impressive. I don't think I don't I think yeah. I think it's going to be between Jay and Scott Brown because Scott Brown's reload was pretty ridiculous. Uh, I mean, he was cheating with it. Well, he came back and posted a, a single stack one. Uh, I mean, with, most with the Magwell. Most people, most people were wearing like shirts when they were doing their reloads. There was somebody, uh, Potato for Hire, was not wearing a shirt. Which, I don't know. There, who knows? Like what the judging, the the criteria will be for Travis to do this. So it'll be interesting. Travis <laughs> might like the dad bod type, and I think Potato yeah. for Hire had that. I will. Yeah. I have to say, like, okay, Potato for Hire, and uh, was it? Is it Ryan? Dude, I thought I got those two people mixed up because they look very similar, at least in their like their videos, and their reload technique is actually pretty similar. Uh, and so like they posted, I'm like, wait, haven't you already posted? And then I'm going back and looks like, well, you posted again, like, and then and then they were like talking about each other's like videos. I'm like, what is going on here? And I finally figured out, okay, Ryan is the like he is the mixologist. Uh, yeah yeah like drink like the dude like if you're not on discord you got to go in there and go in the drink section and like he's mixing up some like crazy good looking uh drinks and potato yeah, for hire recipes for us too yeah yeah like so he so there's all sorts of good stuff on there and potato for hire i don't know if he's well because his he seems like he's buddies with uh, Vi- the Viking or the Swede or I like to call him the Dane now because he doesn't want to be called the Dane and apparently he's racist <laughs> against I don't know how this works over there like he, I think he's racist against like Norwegians but I don't know if that's a I don't know if like if you're <laughs> I don't know like is that race thing or a nationality I don't I don't actually know uh, but he doesn't like him at least he says he doesn't and then <laughs> so I don't know if potato for hire is Norwegian like if he's from if he has that I don't know uh but it's <laughs> it's fun uh so i had a lot it of fun seemed, with the it seems time. like a topic that that maybe you shouldn't talk about <laughs> it's it's fine it's it's okay uh and is I'm anybody not... surprised that that jeremy got people confused no nobody's <laughs> nobody's surprised no. anybody no. surprised but i think i i did have a uh i had a rocky reference in the discord today that i think was accurate wasn't it about the raw eggs? Oh yeah. I don't know. I yeah, he, raw he eggs? drank he drank raw eggs in Rocky. That is yes. Okay. I feel like that's a win. <laughs> I don't though I don't win. think it was a dozen. It was like not a dozen, but yeah. He drank raw <laughs> eggs. That's where I've it seen. came from. That's what like popularized it, I think. Though I believe the the article that I posted about uh, Vince Gironda. Vince was before Rocky's time, I believe. Well, yeah, because that I read part of that article. It was actually really long, but like apparently, like, did you read it? I assume you read it. I didn't read it, but I know who Vince Gironda is. 
okay, so how they came up. So Jeff posted this video. I was, I was somebody got somebody on the Discord that like they posted like a couple fail attempts of trying to bench press like 225. Um, and and so like I asked like if they like maybe you should try steroids, like like that'll that should help. Like that works for a lot of people. And Jeff posted a link about uh that you could just eat like 36 eggs a day and that will give your your body will react to that in the same way or better even better than steroids so and that then, that was that was vince geronda's claim that was his claim and he was like a he owned a gym like arnold trained at his gym some of the first olympians trained at his gym and he claimed natural like he never took steroids and he thought everybody that worked at his gym never took steroids though we know arnold and all those other guys did take steroids <laughs> so yeah but anyway. how they came up with that which the article that you linked like part of how they came up with that is that i think it was in uh the in britain the uk i'll just call it the uk i think that keeps me safe from like single out like ireland or scotland or something i don't know uh they're all the same it's uk uh (laughs) but like they were doing research on burn victims and they were having these burn victims eat like 36 eggs in a day and they were like and so then like their uh what was it was it the nitrogen that was in like it was like a it was like a nitrogen uh type balance like that's in your blood uh that you're that you're boosting through that that was helping them recover faster from burns and so then he was, that's kind of where that came from. Uh, it was actually kind of fascinating to read about it. I, yeah. I can't imagine eating 36 eggs a day. Like, yeah, that sounds yeah. crazy. I mean, lots of people have done it. And I've also read like, uh, like testimonies or experiences from people that have tried it. And then they just end up like shitting out whole eggs because <laughs> their body just can't digest them yeah this is this is what people are missing out on like if you're a part of the if if you want a part of this conversation like get on the discord like, go go yes. find it join it's yeah. free to join right now <laughs> yeah that's that's not gonna last for forever like that con- content like that is cannot be free for very long no yeah oh, i would yeah. think you would have to be like to eat 36 eggs a day like you got to be in the gym like three or four times a day like right like you got to just be burning so many calories that your body w- needs that much that much protein well hold on hold on i feel like yeah. jeff should jeff needs to like what's the, what do you think would be like can we have you do 24 eggs a day for like a month and just see what kind of gains you get i did a dozen a day for quite a while no, that's not enough. That's only 2,500 calories. Is a dozen? No, 36. Yeah. Really? Yeah, 70, usually about uh, roughly 70 calories per egg times 36. Wow. Okay, I want you to eat two dozen eggs a day for a month and report no, back to us. I don't, I don't <laughs> need to get any heavier. I need to get a little bit lighter. No, I'm well, good. But I was like buying those. What do they? They come in 36. Do they come in 36? They do, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I would go buy like a couple of those, and I was. I was eating like a dozen a day, mostly raw. Dang. <laughs> I didn't make any gains, so. But 
also don't train very smartly, so. A dozen <laughs> eggs a day raw. Wow. Yeah. That still People seems are too scared massive. of raw eggs, man. Like, the chances of you getting sick from that are pretty dang slim, especially if you're a healthy individual. Oh, it just sounds gross. Yeah, it's just it's just not normal, like, what you think about. I'm not thinking about, like, E. coli yeah, or something not... like that. I'm just thinking, yeah, just like raw egg piece. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah. just not normal, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> well, well, the other thing is, um, I don't know, we shouldn't really get into this, but, like, cooking food increases the calorie content, basically. Not mm. really, but cooking food increases the amount of nutrients that your body can absorb from it. So, like, eating... um like half a dozen or a dozen raw eggs, like your body's not absorbing as much of that as it would as if they were cooked. Did you uh, eat that, that, your steaks raw? Steaks? Yeah. Did you eat your steaks raw? I didn't have any steaks. What are you talking about? Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did you eat your bologna raw? You cook bologna? I mean, if it's a hot dog, yeah. <laughs> what do you... I don't even know what you're talking about. A bologna hot dog? Hot dog is bologna. Like, it's the same thing. It's just one's in a hot dog. No, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're completely wrong. Anyway... All right, you got uh, podcast questions. Yeah, we have a ton of questions, so we've already been on here for freaking 40 minutes. Oh, well, man, I, maybe it's time for Shooter's Connection then. I don't know. Oh, it is yeah, it Shooter's is. Connection. Look at and that. then we, we do have, questions. Our guest is, like, keeping us in line. <laughs> like, he's better at this than we are. And we're, like, what, 150 episodes into this? And this is Jay's second episode. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm just going to, like, get Jay on the phone whenever we record to keep me on track. Yeah, I don't need to be there, but I'll just be like, all right, and yeah. let's go. Switching, switching yeah, he's topics. He's like the, the producer. Hey, it's time for this. Do it. Talked about raw eggs for 18 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. No, it's good. This is what the people want. The people want it. This is. I mean, you like know, you is... are. I mean, you are a listener, so like, I mean, yeah. like you do. Like I, I always, I do wonder, like, okay, like, like, does, like people get sick of like this chit chat, like. Cause I'll chase a rabbit, right? Like, like raw eggs, like that we did yeah. chase for 18 minutes. No, uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't know if it was 18 minutes, but it was close. Yeah, no, I probably mean, was. I, I, people, yeah, if like if they don't want to listen to it, then you know, like those aren't the people you want listening to your podcast anyway. Like, you want the people <laughs> who are just like they hang out, they like to listen to you guys talk because because it's because it's good. <laughs> I love that Jay said that, not me, because if I said it, yeah. people would hear like, get out of here. I don't want no <laughs> listeners. Yeah, now you guys are just going to lose a whole bunch of listeners. Oh, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and Jeremy is the the master of chasing rabbits on this thing. Oh, be like, we'll just be trying to like get through a freaking conversation. He'll be like, so that's actually an interesting topic. <laughs> you want to dive into that? No, I don't. <laughs> but you always do. Because you're too, like, yeah, you you won't ever like be quiet, (laughs) right? Right, 
Yeah, Jeff, you are very willing to dive in, so it's it's okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's my personality. So. It's Jay Jay sticking up for me. I like Jay needs to be like a permanent on this show. Right, right. If he can, if we can get internet at Jay's house, then then. Hey, I mean, like for most of my entire time listening to this podcast, you know, ever since I've been on, I've I've thought that Jeremy like hated me, so I'm I'm just trying to make up for it. I, <laughs> that's a good. I feel like that's a good place to be. Like if I can make people think I don't like them, then they'll suck up to me. Uh, yeah, that sounds, yeah, that sounds good. Dang, you really, yeah, that it worked. I'm, see, I'm smart. I don't think it has that effect on most people. <laughs> They're like, oh, he hates me. I should try to make him like me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably no, not. I don't. I don't think that's uh, how most people take that. But so okay, anyway, so, shooters connection. Go, Jeff. Yes. Shooters Connection is the sponsor of today's show. So thank you, Shooters Connection. If you have been in the sport for any amount of time, you know Shooters Connection. I know when I first got into the sport, um, you know, you're just like Googling around trying to find places to buy stuff. And Shooters Connection is one of the first places that pops up. Um, They have like pretty much anything you could want for shooting, for shooting competition. Like they got the... The timers, the pacers, they got, they've even got like full guns. They got tons of gun parts, um, anything you could need. So one-stop shop, Shooters Connection, a uh, great supporter of the sport. And they are a sponsor of today's show. We will have a link in the description if you want to use the link to uh, support the podcast, support Shooters Connection. That helps us out a lot. So appreciate that very much. Y'all have anything to add on Shooter's Connection? No, they've been they helped out um, this year and the and the past couple of years for the main state uh, main state championship match a ton, like so much stuff and like you know stage sponsor in it as well and um, and and I don't know, super super good guys. Um, always willing to help the sport and and honestly, like that's the place to go to get stuff. Mostly targets because that's what you need. But everything else as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's sure. what I was uh, looking for this year. Had to go, went through them to get some targets. But yeah, they do say they they sponsor over a hundred of USPSA matches a year. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah. That means they're sponsoring two matches at like literally every weekend of the year. That's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty wild. That's a lot of matches. <laughs> so. Thank you, Shooters Connection. Yes, sir. Okay, so this question has been lingering on the Discord because I've been saving it for Jay. Been waiting to have Jay on. I think there's probably some other ones here directed towards Jay. But this one, which was asked on Tuesday, meaning February 22nd, 2022, (laughs) which I think was a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question from I Like Turtles is, what does visualization mean to you? Do you do it in training or just at matches? What are some areas where a lot of people could improve in visualization? So there's like three parts to that. Um, simplest part first. Is it something you do in training or just at matches? I do it in training and and matches. Yeah, right. Super simple. 
Got to be both for me. Yeah. Right. Okay. So now let's get into the meat of the question. What does visualization mean to you? And we, we can all answer this, but I'm going to let Jay answer first. Man. Because he's going to have the best answer. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it literally, like to me, it means everything. Like if I couldn't, and I know it's in, I know this, it looks different for everybody who, who does it. But like, if that's like the key part to anything happening in my, in my life now, or even in specifically in shooting, like without that, nothing happens according to plan. Cause there's no plan. So like that is the programming phase for me for anything I do. Um, and like, I, I use it in everyday life. I use it to be like, to, to attempt to be a good dad. Um, like, this stuff is programmed ahead of time when I have an opportunity to do it. Um, and that's like through visualization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, visualization is, is just the, it's the forethought and the planning and the, it's the, uh, just being intentional. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah. When, when, when I, when there's an opportunity to, to plan for something, then I'm going to picture what that's going to look like before it happens. It's bit, you get to experience things before they happen and then like, you know, make corrections before they even become problems. And um, yeah, it's like, it's, it's powerful stuff. Okay. So walk me through like what, to what degree do you utilize visualization? Jeez, that was really rough to say. On know, like, I've, been, I've been just saying programming now because it's just easier to say. <laughs> <laughs> on like a day where you're going to train, like there's some degree of visualization that's going to happen uh, during that training period, before that training period, possibly after that training period. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think that looks like for you? Yeah, I mean, like as soon as I know I'm going to, I'm going to go like live fire or I mean, live fire or dry fire, whatever. Um, I kind of know what that what that session's going to look like. And so that's more like visualizing and kind of imagining how I'm going to feel and like what I'm going to be working through and kind of kind of it's it's programming my attitude basically and for for training. Um so that I go in kind of like focused with with my eyes like open and just and just paying attention. And so because if, if I go and train, I can go and shoot and not pay attention and then not learn anything um, or train or like dry fire and, and just and just dry fire and not learn anything. So all that like visualization, it doesn't take long. It's just like, all right, here's it's like just a set ahead of time. I'm going to I'm going there. I'm 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 focused um, and I'm learning. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit like that's where like the visualization part, like the word doesn't necessarily fit. Um, but yeah. so it's, it's kind of tricky. But. Yeah. Cause I, I could say right away, like what you just defined as visualization is not what most people think of as visualization. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that sounds more like, like you're, you're like almost meditating yourself into a, the mindset that you want for training. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I I think I'm lumping it all together into one, okay, into one kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I would. I think 
you know, people probably generally think of it as like specific things on a stage that you're like visualizing yourself doing. Um, and, and I think it, it can, it can go beyond that. Not that it's any more complicated, but it's just, yeah. Yeah. So is this, I mean, does this take a certain amount of like time? Like, so you got to like set aside like five, 10 minutes no. or just more just kind of like you just doing it throughout the day as you're doing other stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's like thinking, but if you, yeah, it's like when I'm doing other stuff, I don't even have, you don't even have to close your eyes or anything like that. I think, I think it's more powerful if you do, but, but yeah, it's just, it's just through, through everyday life going along. Um, Interesting. Cause you can have your eyes open and still picture things and which yeah. is the weird part, you know? Oh uh, yeah. Which weights gets kind of, uh, dangerous for myself. Like, yeah, driving is not. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you're like driving and like you're looking down the road, but you're not really like looking down the road. You're like, you're like looking at something else that you're visualizing. Visualizing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's weird. <laughs> so how did like, I mean, so like you're using this. I mean, this isn't just like you're visualizing stage plans. Like you're using this throughout your whole life. Like, is this like so? how were you introduced to that? Like, or was like, this is like, you had, did you have like a mentor that was like, Hey, yeah, you should, you should try this and do this. Or you just kind of like, how did you get to this point? I mean, a ton of it was from, um, listening to, to Steve Anderson's podcast and, um, and hearing him talk about, you know, like visualizing your stage plan. And then I was just like, okay, cool. Like I need to do that. But then I remember one time he said something about like he just applied it to like going to the grocery store or something like that with with a list you know and like if you don't have a list or something you're going you're in the grocery store you're like wandering around in aisles and and stuff and the and then i don't know if he was specifically applying it to life but it was just like well that it makes sense to to program something ahead of time when you have an opportunity to do it so then, so then it's just more predictable and, and way, way more efficient. I think that's yeah. the piece. Um, cause I know like if I go into a task where, where I haven't, where I haven't come up with like my, a specific kind of like route through the task, then it just, it's all over the place. It's just not efficient. You know, I'll go, I'll go like do other things that aren't related to the actual goal. Um, and I think that that just then applies to like really directly to a stage. Like if you don't specifically program really important pieces into into your stage plan or like into your visualization before you shoot a stage, then like whatever you get is just, you know, who knows what, like you can't predict it. Yeah. So if you can predict what's going to happen through visualization, then you're like way ahead of the game and your consistency goes way up too. So it's just, yeah. Yeah, it feels totally normal for it to be like throughout everything in life. Um, and I know everyone does it too. It's probably just like a subconscious thing that people do um, where they're just like, I'm going to go, I'm going to get in my car and drive to the store. And then, you know, there's a really quick, when they say that or think it, they get, they're in the car, they're driving to the store, you know? Yeah. Okay, right. so, I mean, to, to put this in more context for, I mean, the, like doing it like, as a life discipline, like that actually sounds kind of interesting. Like maybe I'd be more productive in the shop. Like if I 
before I enter the shop every day, like, hey, I got to fit a grip safety and a thumb safety and do a trigger job today. I can't do all that in one day, but because I'm slow. Mm -hmm. But like, maybe if I visualize how that's all going to go, then like maybe it would maybe it would be more efficient. Maybe I want to try that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And it's super, it doesn't have to like take a ton of time. That's the thing. Like you can flash through a ton of, of images in your mind so super, super fast. Um, yeah. And then you're like done, you know? Yeah. So then, so like to put it in more context for like what most of our listeners are, are kind of hoping for, like first stage, you're like, you walk into a, a match, like you walk the stages the day before, let's say like, you know it, but then yeah. it's like your first stage of the match. So like, when does like the visualization start? Like, what is that? What does that kind of look like for you? Yeah, probably it probably starts in the pre-walk, like day before if I'm walking stages. Um, and then like when I get onto the stage, that's where like I already know I know it really well. And so at that point, most of the details probably been sorted out. Like I'll go through on the walkthrough, pick up some more detail on like where my where my feet need to be, what a movement needs to look like. Um, you know, if there's like a wide transition or something where like my body needs to do something. Um, mm -hmm. So like early on. And I've had some great conversations with people, but like early on, just a ton of detail. And then as I get closer to shoot, like all the detail just like falls away. Like, so then that those last few visualizations before I shoot are literally just like specific points that I'm that I'm going to look at. So it's just like a flash image of the point that I'm looking at. Maybe it's like a fault line on the ground and then it's a it's the target with a specific point I'm going to look to on that next target, next target, you know, magwell for a reload point on the ground target, you know, super, super simple. Um, and I think Ma Mason, Mason Lane has, has talked about that a little bit as well, but that just like your visualization ideally just becomes like spot, spot, spot. And then it's just simple to memorize. Like it's just, it gives you confidence in it because you can just run through. Right. So that's what it looks like for for me. Interesting. So, like, are are you visualizing any sort of like, as far as like mechanics of fundamentals or like how you're how you're going to grip the gun? How you, like are uh, like do you cycle through any of that stuff, or is it mostly just a vi like a literally a visual visualization? I will do that stuff, but early on. So, like, okay. right, you know, after I walk the stage, then I'll I'll feel the I'll feel the grip. Um, without feeling the grip you know like you mm. you that sensation and coming in and and some stuff with the trigger if there's some there's some shots that require some like more discipline there um that kind of stuff but like that happens early on okay um but yeah all the detail early on and then like it just like drops off interesting i like it jeremy you answer uh so Visualization is something I, I had kind of really kind of gotten lazy on like the past few years. Uh, and part of that was, um, uh oh, JBL left. Maybe, hopefully, it's bone. Hopefully, he'll be back. Yeah, probably um, back. But uh, so, my experience like with visualization, um, like going back to like my music career days, like, like, to be able to play something like on a like on a, a trumpet so basically what makes the noise is your lips vibrating like that's what changes like the different sounds and stuff 
And so in order, like, and when you're playing and you're trying to play at a high level, like you have to hit those notes perfectly, like from the get go, like there's no scooping into them or anything like that. And so the only way to do that is you have to be able to hear the melody. You have to be able to hear whatever you're playing, like in your head before you, before you actually try to play it. If you can't hear it in your head, like if you can't hear those intervals, if you can't hear the rhythm, like if you can't do that, then you have no chance. Like you're not going to be able to do it. And so like that was huge on, on how to like, on being able to, to play and perform well. Um, and so like, I think that's the same thing with, with shooting, uh, that, that you need to be able to, like, if you need to be able to do that. Um, I kind of got away from it a little bit sometimes because like, I would find myself like the visualizations and almost like ratchet up some of like the anxiety or stress of of needing to shoot a stage and like so it's like if it's making me stressful like i probably am gonna probably not gonna do that um and so i kind of just stopped doing it well i actually kind of think i might i should have what i should have been doing is just continue to do visualizations until like the confidence came back uh because like because i noticed like at, at bighorn uh wasn't doing a lot of visualizations in the morning. Uh, maybe, a, may, you know, a few, I mean, yeah, you'd, I mean, you do kind of just like real simple, like, hey, where, where are all the targets? Like, do I know where all the targets are at? And that was kind of like the extent of it. Um, but even like in those visualizations, like there was like this doubt that's like creeping in my head. It's like, okay, if you're having a doubt, like you're not trusting, like you're how you're going to shoot the stage, like when you're just doing the visualization, like there's no chance you're going to be able to like shoot confidently when you're actually shooting and so i was like okay so i i kind of like okay middle of that match is like i'm going to like i'm just going to keep running the stage in my head and keep doing these visualizations over and over until like i can get through it like confidently like multiple times in a row and that there's no doubt that it's that it's going to go well um I, I can't say that like this from then on like the rest of the match was like perfect but i would say like it it got quite a lot better um, through that. And so I'm definitely using a lot more uh, visualizations in practice and dry fire. Uh, Cause that's a skill that I like Jay is obviously like he has developed a skill of programming things like, and I like, like that's not a skill that I don't think you're just going to, Oh, I'm just going to start doing that more often now. And like, you're going to be good at it right away. Like, no, I think that's going to be a skill that's going to require that you practice it. Uh, so, like, for it to be effective for you at matches, like, I think you need to be practicing that in practice. And yeah. uh, that's not something that I had. I had, I had, I was the opposite of Jay is that I had access to ammo. Uh, and so it was like, so I'd be on a practice range, like, I could visualize this and do runs visualizing, or I could just load these mags and just go shoot it. Like, so why not just go shoot it? I don't need to visualize it. Well, that's, that's good in theory until you get to a match and like you need to do that run on command right that one time. And so all you can do is visualize it. And it's like, well, I haven't practiced that. Uh, so maybe, so those visualizations, visualizations weren't real effective. Um, so I'm trying to incorporate more and more of that uh, into my actual practice and dry fire practice. No, that's pretty cool. And you, um, part of that is you're getting like, when you go, if you, you know, Jeremy's been going live, uh, on Instagram and like, 
that like forces you to be like, well, I better be prepared to shoot this stage. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. I that's a I haven't never I've never done that yeah. before. Seems like seems like it's good. <laughs> maybe, yeah, like maybe more than like a match that maybe you feel more pressure there than you do a match on stages sometimes. Oh, for sure. I mean, like like the I've done it twice. I've done it twice now. Uh, so. Like, so what Jay's talking about, like, I'm going, like, I'm setting up basically a stage because I can either, I can leave walls set up, target stands all out. So for me to set up a stage, like, I literally just have to hang targets and maybe move some target stands or something. Um, so I can set up a stage really easily. I can't shoot matches really easily. So I need that pressure. Like, I need pressure to have to perform on a run because um, that's, I can't get that real easily. So it's like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll record my cold runs and I'll go, I'll use Instagram and go live on it. So like people are watching it as I'm doing it. Like there's no option of deleting it. Like, like it's, Mm. it's live. Like you have to, like, you can't, if you just record your cold run and like, and you're going to post it later, like you can delete, like if it goes bad, you can delete it. Right. Uh, there's no deleting this. And so like, I've done it twice and, and the performance hasn't been good. Like, the last time, like, like I dropped some mags, like in the middle of it, like I'm literally picking up mags. I'm in practice and I'm picking up dirty mags with dirty rounds on it, and cramming it in my gun, and like, dude, it was yeah. so. You picked up that mag off the ground so quick, though. It was crazy. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, like <laughs> when it happened, I wanted to stop so bad because, like, in normally in practice, I would. It's like, dang it, like this is like this is going like, and it's it's going live. People are watching. It's like, so I had to pick it up, and it changed my stage plan. So like, I was like, it forced me into like, okay, if I pick this mag up, okay, that leaves me enough rounds I can finish the stage from there without like. So like, it really put me in a very much a match scenario, uh, and and so like that that is really good. Um, but it's it's also forcing me to like I've got to figure some things out uh, like and it's and it's it's getting like it's exposing problems that I've had in matches, uh, which is cool. which is what I, that's that's what I needed that's what I need um, so I'm gonna hopefully keep doing those and uh, yeah and the visualization part is really important to that because you you gotta yeah people are watching so I I hope people like. Like that first time I did it, like the first time I, like, I didn't think there was going to be, I thought, oh yeah, I'll get a little bit of pressure, but not a ton. That first time I get it, dude, it felt like the first stage at nationals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it's like, man, there's people, there are people watching and that. I mean, there was like maybe 10 people watching. There wasn't, wasn't a lot, but there were people watching. So if you guys see that, I'm going to go, I'll try to, I put, try to post on discord. Hey, I'm going to go live in a little bit. So then be on Instagram. You'll see, I go live. If you want to ratchet up the pressure, like, as I'm like walking through the stage and I'm talking to the screen, like, like make comments. Like Jay made a comment, like the pressure's on. It's like dead gummit. Somebody <laughs> actually is some like it's not like somebody actually is paying attention. Which like so if you <laughs> want to make the pressure go up and see if I can bomb, then like, uh, yeah, make a bunch of comments and then I'll really know that the pressure's on. So. All right, Jeff. Yeah. You, you answer the visualization question. Okay. Um, What's it mean to you? Well, first off, I'd say visualization. I do way more at at matches, probably, as far as visualizing, like in the moment, like what I'm about to do, kind of deal. 
I'll do way more at matches, but yeah, I also do it in training. Um, so I want to start with like uh, for newer shooters, like you've only been in it like maybe a year or whatever, like at the bare minimum visualization of a match, you should be able to close your eyes and shoot the match or shoot the stage that you're on. You should be able to close your eyes and navigate that stage, see every target and shoot it where you want to. Um, that's what I do. I think it's a bare minimum. You can't be thinking about where you're where you're supposed to be going once the timer goes off because you will forget. Um, so start with that. Um, what uh, does visualization mean to me? Uh, it, I mean, it's like Jay said, it's it's programming, um, and I'm really just going to speak to it in a uh, a shooting sense. Um, or has it how is how it relates to the sport? Um, but yeah, it, it's just programming. It's uh, it's it's thinking about your cues before you hit them. It's uh, it's it's thinking about what that position is going to look like when you get there. And then I mean I do stuff very similar to to Jay as far as like on a stage from what he was saying. You know, when you first get out there, you're very detailed. Uh, you're very like, um, this position, I want to make sure I set up with this foot over here and set up very wide, slightly facing this way. You know, I want to make sure that I'm going to hit that position right. And you're like super detailed. And then, you know, you, you program it, you get it all very fine-tuned, and then you kind of start backing off on the detail. Um and so, and now by the end of it, you're just like, you're kind of screaming through the visualization by the end of it. Um, but it's like, you just have the key points where like, okay, I need to hit these, these three points and I will have been able to see every target on the, on the stage, basically. Um, it'll be like, I'm, I'm going to go here and to get to that position, I'm going to see this thing. Uh, once I see the edge of this target, I know I'm in position and uh and then once once i finish this this target i'll be looking to to this spot and i need to see this one thing uh and and then i'll know that i'm in that position um so yeah that that's the way it kind of gets dumbed down towards the end of my visualization uh, it gets super detailed and then towards the end it's it's dumbed down it's go here see this thing that's how i know go there see that thing that's how i know finish there kind of deal um that that's kind of what it means to me at matches you know in in practice visualization happens but not near as 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 focused and i don't i don't know how much meat is on that bone for as far as gains um, i'm sure there's some just as far as being like the mental toughness and uh being able to to feel things out mentally but i mean when it comes to like stage plans and being able to to do what i want to do when the timer goes off um i mean i'm pretty good at that so i don't uh i don't worry about that too much um now there there was a point where 
and I kind of had a turning point in visualizations. And this was actually kind of what Jeremy was talking about, how he's kind of like drifted back the other way as far as doing more visualization. Um, I think this was actually, again, we're going to talk about when Jeremy and I like roomed together at 2019 Nats. We had this talk and I had talked to Jeremy and I was like, yeah, I've, I've been doing great the last year or so, but every match I go to, I bomb a stage. And I can't figure out what's going on. And uh, and he recommended, um, like, just take some of the stress off yourself by visualizing less. Like, once you get a plan, just forget about the stage for a while. Like, don't don't visualize it. Every time someone goes to shoot, don't turn around and visualize it ten times. Because um, then by the time you get up there, you're freaking, your brain's fried. Like, you've run that stage 50 times. Um, so... I started doing that and that uh, that actually did help me a lot just to kind of keep the stress level down and uh, be able to to execute my plan. I don't know, something about running it over too many times in my head mm-hmm. uh, had a very negative effect. I, uh, I think that that could be like because the last part of that question is like, what do you think people do wrong um, in visualization? And and it could be. Like, I know for me, it was just, it was a lot of stress if I kept all of the detail all the way through. And so, like, if you're, like, visualizing so hard with so much detail, you're just like, oh, man, like, it's just too much. And so, like, I think you can visualize too much with too much detail all day long, and it's just, it's overwhelming. Um, And if you let go of that detail, like, I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff, you explained it well, but yeah, letting go of that detail, it's just so, it's so simple that it's like not much effort and it, and it, and it feels good. It works. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like mentally you can't stay on, like if, if you're shooting an all day match, like you can't stay on mentally like that all no. day, like, and expect oh, to perform yeah. like to, and expect to perform at a really high level for those short bursts that we really need to perform at. You definitely got to have have mental breaks in there, um, and I, I think that's yeah. I think that's a to me like that is that is a learning curve for a lot of people is like how much is how much is not enough and how much is too much, and because maybe one day like one day you may need a lot like you may not your focus may not be there and you may need more visualization that day, uh, or maybe you need you need less because you're just tired like you don't have the energy and so mm-hmm. to get the best performance that day you need to need to cut it back and be as efficient like jay's talking about just use small cues and be as efficient as you possibly can yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i i think those were the the main visualization things for me i will say like jay kind of he kind of when he talked was talking about like visualizing like stuff in life and then and he kind and you made kind of a comment that like and yeah, it doesn't always go like to plan. I do think like the stronger, like like if you if you visualize program the stages really well and then something goes wrong, like you tend to like your panic level is less mm-hmm. because you you don't have to think about you're not thinking about anywhere where the targets are. It's like, okay, just finish this task that I've had trouble with. And then you're immediately back on your program or your plan or your visualization or whatever. Like, so you can, I think you can adjust and adapt to 
things going wrong. Like that live Instagram that I had where I dropped the mags on the ground. Like, like you can adapt to those things going wrong quicker on the fly. Uh, because, man, like the guys that are really good uh, and the guys that are doing really well at matches, like they still have bad stages. Uh, yeah. Like, and they, they still have stuff go bad, but they are, man, like I, like they are able to mitigate the disaster. It's like, like they have mm-hmm. something go wrong and they fix it and they don't compound those things. And it's like, okay, yeah, they, that stage, they were, they were 15 to 20% off the pace of what they should have been, but they weren't 30% off. Like they didn't, they didn't just donate 40 or 50 match points. Uh, yeah. They, they might've given up 15 or 20 match points but not not the huge swings that you see less experienced shooters uh, do. And so like mm-hmm. that's that's like if you want to start if you want to really do well at matches, like start doing that, like start mitigating your mistakes in that way uh, and you can you can do really well. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say another like mistake that I have made a lot is when you're visualizing something, let's let's say like legitimately I'd, I would probably do it 20 or 30 times there for a while uh, at a, on a stage. I would, I would run through it that many times is if you have something that you decide that you want to avoid doing and you think about that thing you want to avoid doing for 20 or 30 times, it will inevitably happen. It's like, man, don't reload here. Don't reload here. Don't drop the mag because you need to pick up these two targets first and then reload. Mm-hmm. And like, like without a doubt, you're going to drop the freaking mag, dude. Um, so it's yeah. just something to be careful about. I, I honestly like don't have a fantastic like once you've accidentally like programmed this thing to to not think about it, like trying to undo that subconscious <laughs> programming is is quite challenging i haven't really figured out a great way to do it other than to just try to think about doing it correctly and try not to think about what not to do yeah Um, which it's so difficult and it shows it shows the power of it too because as soon as you picture something it's like it's in there yeah so so like it's gotta you've got to be so intentional about like that first walkthrough and like the information that you're gathering and you're just like I'm doing these things. Yeah, and I, I think that's why, like, your first walkthrough should be pretty slow, pretty pretty methodical. You know, you shouldn't, like, jump up there and immediately start running to positions. Because, exactly. like, you make one little slip up and you step one direction, like, the first time you're doing it. And, like, you remember that. And, and you'll mm-hmm. want to go do that again and again and again. And then you start thinking about it. And you're like, okay, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And then you do it, right? It's like, don't think about a pink elephant. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the first, the first walkthrough is like, um, I've, I've tr- been pretty intentional about this more recently, but just like, I'm not even air gunning anything. I'm just like walking normally looking at, looking at the targets, like, and then, and then you build that detail in where you're like, then you're air gunning at stuff and you're like getting your nice stance and then, and all that. Um, mm-hmm. And it just helps you be careful because if as soon as you start to bring out your air gun, man, you get like aggressive. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the air gun stays holstered. Yeah, that daggum air gun. Yeah. 
and I'll say like I I think something that people can can maybe do like when you're when you're in the actual stage walkthrough and you're able to get like you have your five minutes that you're on the stage, uh, don't just don't necessarily just stay in the Congo line and just walk it walk it walk it walk it, like walk it a couple times so that you like get to where you're familiar enough with stuff is and then step back and do like try to do a visualization and see if there's something like because if see if there's something that's missing in your visualization like oh i don't quite know how big a step this is from here to here or like how big a how big a movement this is from there to there so then you have then you have something to go back and walk in and fix because as soon as you can visualize everything in it like jay's talking about as soon as you can visualize where your feet are all going where all where the all the targets are like like where your vision needs to go as soon as you've done that you don't really even need to walk the stage anymore at that point um so so really the the walk through like those five minutes that you have you can get familiar with it first and then go back and then you're using the walk through to confirm your visualization um like I, I think that might be something for some people to try because some people like like they just got to stay in that they got to stay in that congo line and just keep walking things as many times as you can and that's another way to wear yourself out physically uh so like if you got oh, yeah. an all-day match like like the less time that you can actually be on your feet walking stuff, like all the better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the same with like, there's like we were saying, the if you're doing 20 visualizations on every stage and trying to keep all those details in, in every visualization, dude, like six, seven stages in and you're feeling it mentally. It is, it is taxed. Yeah. That's well, uh, we were going to uh, like knock out a whole bunch of questions, and uh, we talked about eating thirty-six eggs, and we got one listener <laughs> question in, and we're an hour and twenty-three minutes in. So yeah, there hey. needs some like person who's whose job is just to like keep on track. I, uh, it's obviously not any of us. <laughs> it's definitely not me like there is like definitely yeah. not me we need to do a speed round we used to do speed rounds um, yeah, that, do it. where it's just like we'll have a timer it's like you have 30 seconds to answer this question and we'll just like run around yeah that's <laughs> what we should do that would be that'd be a good idea we need to that have should like, actually become like a normal segment of the show speed rounds yeah yeah yeah, because then people will be like, well, I'm not going to ask questions because they never get to it. So now, you know, yeah, now they can know that they can freely ask questions because it's going to happen in the speed round. Yeah, that's true. There's legit like 20 questions in this queue. OK, so let's do OK, Jeff, let's you're going to pick three questions and we're going to do a speed round on yeah. those questions. OK, let me get my Is let it, me get my timer. up. Let me get my timer up so that I can time people. Knock out. I'm not going to make some of these long questions. No, you're going to have to pick rounds. three appropriate ones. Put you on the spot to try to figure it out right now. Okay, Jay, while he's figuring out those questions, I got I got like, so Jay has started something here recently that we got to ask him about. Like, okay, he's like started like normal people i don't know if this maybe it's because he lives in maine like normal people like they bathe and like they take baths and like most people like 
like warm water or hot water or something like that. And Jay has started like taking these like ice baths like daily, uh, which I always thought like people that did that. Okay. Like you see people that are like, like they're trying to reduce like lactic acid buildup because they've been like doing a lot of hard workouts and stuff like that. But I don't think that's what you're using these ice baths for. No, not at all. Um, my friend, a friend of mine got, got me into it. Um, and, and, uh, it's great. So I'm doing it for the mental benefits, but dude, there are like, I'm, I'm like only scratching the surface on like the amount of the benefits that I'm getting just elsewhere in my life. But so like getting into, into cold water, like right when you wake up is the last thing that you want to do. Like, definitely. I do not want to do that. <laughs> so, and like, if you think about like, okay, this water, it's like 40 degree water. I'm going to like submerge my whole body in it. Um, it's like not what I want to do right when I wake up. And so probably means that's exactly what I should do. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm doing this and, and what, what happens is like, I, I'm not like, I don't think you get used to the cold. Like it's still cold. Um, but your body is like, is immediately goes into that like fight or flight kind of response. So it's like initially first few times I was like, I'm going to get out right now. Like I'm in, I'm, I'm out. Um, and, and now what happens is if you like settle into it, you, the amount of stuff I'm learning about just taking control of my mind and, and my breath and, and, and staying in, um, and it, and it, and it's amazing how calm you become in the cold, like the water stops being cold and it just, it's just water. Um, and not initially, right when you get in, it's cold, <laughs> but so, so here's how this carries away really quick. Um, is it, it, as far as like things that come out in the day, like whether they're in training or like as a, as a parent, like they come up and I've just done the hardest thing I'm going to do that day by like deciding to get really cold it, immediately when I wake up. Um, everything is easy. So like I feel in control, like mm -hmm. mental, no matter what, like everything I'm, I'm in control. Um, and, and it did, it was not like that prior to where I'm starting. Like I was okay mm -hmm. with it, but like, there was that little bit of out of control piece where you're like, how am I going to, what am I going to do here? And I know, I know exactly what to do now. Um, that's just, that's just the mental benefit, I think. And there's some other stuff too. Um, that's, I, that's very fascinating. I don't, I don't know anybody else that has done that from, from that approach. Jeff said something about like just turning cold water on the shower. Maybe I'll, yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a big bucket. That's uh, the place. Cause that's still, like that's still powerful. <laughs> the, the other, the other thing is like, right when I get out and I, I knew this ahead of time, so I knew it was going to happen, but, um, and I, but it happens to everyone. Like you get out of the water and at a certain point in the water, when you adapt to the cold, you get out and you're like, like huge wash of emotion, like joy, mm. like and and that's because your body I mean, it's the same like you're releasing um hormones when you're when you're in there and it's like huge 
huge wash of joy like when right and it's like amazing and you feel yeah. like great <laughs> it's just uh man everybody should do it like go in the turn on the shower like initially it's gonna it's gonna kind of suck for like 10 seconds but like give yourself the opportunity to take control of your breathing and and just feel the water it's a, it's powerful stuff <laughs> uh, i'm gonna do that this week i'm gonna take i'm gonna I don't know if I'm going to take my entire shower be cold, but I'm going to take, I'm going to no, do like part of it. It's going to be cold. Yeah. 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 Just do like the last 15 to 30 seconds. Like before you get out, like make yourself good and cold before you get out of the shower. Yeah. Yeah. It's the guy, the guy who has like done a ton of it is, is Wim, Wim Hof, the, the ice man who has done a ton of, ton of crazy stuff um, in the cold. Yeah. And uh, it's it's inspiring to watch kind of his stuff. And he, he has all like the there's been some research behind it. So anyway. That's that's fascinating. Uh, I'll try it. You're, you've yeah. you've told basically you've guaranteed I'll have a better performance at nationals if I do it. So I'm going to do that until nationals. it's 100 percent guaranteed. There we go. 100%. Yeah. If you can find the video of Wim Hof talking about how he started cold exposure yeah that is a crazy video and you'll probably like cry it's uh it's intense jeff you should link that into the show notes if i can find it find it maybe i will yeah we'll see i don't know how difficult this one's gonna be to who knows edit. this show anyway. ever, ever appear to the public who knows it's, it might not. yeah this this one might be one for the uh for the locker who knows? <laughs> uh, you got questions for our speed round? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, uh, Jay, you're going to answer the first question first. Okay. And then Jeff, and then I'll answer. Um, well, these are 1911 questions. Uh, what percent of the sport do you think is mental, and how do you train the mental game? What percent of training should be devoted to the mental game? Uh, that's tricky, but <laughs> I think I'll, I'll take what something that someone else has said. So I think that your classification percentage is the amount of time that should be dedicated to the mental game. And well, no, hold on. Your percentage of your classification is how much of the sport is mental to you. And um, I think you should spend, you should take your mental training just as serious as you, as you do your physical training. Jeff. What percent of sport do you think is mental and how do you train the mental game? I think... Seventy percent is mental, and I think you should train the mental game intentionally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's. that's, that's <laughs> uh, what percent of training should be devoted to the mental game? Uh, that is not going to be what I do, but. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This you're out of time. Too hard. You're out of time. <laughs> uh, I I think they're I think like they're almost both like they're two separate things. Like you can't 
you can't mental your way into like if you don't have good shooting skills like you have to have good like the physicality has to be there uh it's like you can't you can't mental your way into that at the same time like you can have all the shooting skills if your mental game is crap uh like you you're not gonna perform well so like they're they're almost i i can't they're they're like they're almost two different things that you have to mesh together is is kind of how i'm gonna say that uh how do you how do you practice it um uh take take ice baths yes uh and then like actually practice your mental game in um in practice i'll say the one thing that i've like tiger woods the one what do you get like 30 does. seconds <laughs> like 30 seconds so yeah. what you get yeah, yeah. Well, you're way up your time is up i i gave you way more time tiger Ty- woods will like he will never say something bad about himself on the golf like he may get upset with himself but he will never say something bad about himself and like that's something i have to do like way way better at like i often like will put myself down and that's not like your self-image matters I'm done. Nice. Okay, I'm not gonna take that one off the list because we didn't answer that very good. We'll yeah, answer I, again later. Answer. I think that person's satisfied right now. Yeah, <laughs> he's good. Uh, <laughs> what's the etiquette for squatting at a major match? <clears throat> oh crap! If you don't know anyone, is it cool to just jump on a squad of people you don't know? Depends uh, who those people are. That's my answer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, yeah, keep going. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. Like, if if you're just you're traveling by yourself, you don't know anybody. Like, for me, like, I will look for the squads with the best shooters on it, and I will try to get on that squad if I can. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying yes. You can jump on any squad, and You can jump on any squad, and yeah, kind of like Jeremy said. I, I mean, for me personally, you, you, whoever's asking this might be different, but I like trying to find the people, either people I know, which if I don't know anybody, then I just try to people, try to find the people that I know are gonna take it seriously on that day, which are generally the people with higher classifications. Yeah, that's a great answer. People that you know, you're gonna be able to have fun around, and and like enjoy yeah. your, and usually that's people that, that take it seriously. Yeah. Okay, taking that one off the list. Good job, fellas. Is a backup gun necessary for majors? Yes, definitely is. I th- I think so. At least backup parts for basically enough parts to build another gun, so you might as well have two. Mm-hmm. If yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna be committed to the sport and you're gonna travel to majors, you're gonna travel nationals, stuff like that. If you don't have a backup gun, you need to be working your way to that mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. like. Like if you go to a match and you got gun problems, you have something that breaks. Like mm-hmm. y- you, you need to be able to keep going and keep shooting. Um, and so, so yes, I, I have a practice gun and a match gun, um, and the match gun doesn't see a lot of rounds in practice. Yeah. Um, I did not have a backup gun for like the first two years. I think maybe three years. Uh, yeah, I think it was like three years. Yeah, I never had a backup gun. Um, but, you know, you want to make sure you QC, hardcore, check everything all the time. Lots of spare parts, like Jay said. Um, 
and if you can, just get a backup gun because that solves a lot of problems. But yeah, I shot the first three years, no backup gun. Never broke anything. Uh, okay, we're done with that one? Yep. Done? One, um, one more? One, one more. more. Uh, does your backup gun differ at all from your match gun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, my, my backup gun is not exactly the same. It's so hard to get, like, Glocks that are like stamped parts to be identical, so like the trigger's a little different. But actually, Jeff and I talked about this one time. It's just not the same, and it bothers me to a certain extent. But whenever I've shot it, it doesn't. I don't. I don't. I don't care. So yeah, it's different. But man, you I, you said at one point that you would like piece together your match gun. Yeah, sometimes, like, honestly, I'll, like, take the part that I, yeah, <laughs> that's what we were talking about. I'll take, like, this, I only have one of these connectors, and it's, and I really like it, and so, like, I'll put it in my match gun when I'm ready to go to a match with that gun. <laughs> okay, yeah. And I'll practice with it, so. Hey, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, my guns are different. Um, one of them's actually, like, an old stock Canic. And one of them is a newer stock. So the old stock one doesn't drop mags as well. And uh, it's just, I think uh, there's a couple other like minor differences, but it, it's a little bit different. And uh, and I also did silicon carbide on my grips, and one of them is a little fatter than the other one. Um, so the one that doesn't work as good is my dry fire gun. And then, you know, every third or fourth session i'll dry fire with the match gun uh something like that um and then i kind of like jay like i have a match firing pin <laughs> like i put the fire i put my match firing pin in and uh then i have a dry fire firing pin that has no pin on it it's just yeah. like the mechanism uh so i'll put that in my gun when i'm dry firing that's actually a good idea because then you can't accidentally set anything off either so yep yeah. Yeah, and that's I mean that's that's common. Like people figure out what's works. I mean, ideally the answer the ideal an correct answer is that yes, your practice gun and your match gun are exactly the same. Uh in practice, like that often doesn't happen. If you're going to shoot a division like open or something like that where like you've got like your loads are really specific to how your comp is set up and all that, then like having your guns be the same like it matter like that it matters more i think um my like my guns are functionally basically the same but like you cosmetically they're like they're, i can easily tell them apart um there there are some differences like you can't put i mean jada jade is never going to put fifty thousand rounds on a gun the way he's going but like, like you can't put 50 60 70 000 rounds on a gun and then have a gun that only has ten thousand on it like that, like they wear and they start to they start to feel and they shoot different triggers triggers feel different after fifty thousand rounds and a hundred thousand dry fires, uh, but um, so get them close enough that like there's like maybe you can tell a difference but it's not going to functionally be a problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do everything you can to make them the same. I would say because you you'll use both of them. You don't want to just like have a backup but never use it. Like 
try to like spread the wear between them so they both last longer. But you know, you don't want to have like if you're shooting a 1911, don't have one with like a a flat mainspring housing and one with a curved. Um, yeah, that'd be just stuff like that. Like make them feel as close to the same as you can. Yeah, yeah. Have like the same like at a 1911. Have the same grip panels on mm-hmm. both guns type deal. Uh, same sights, right? Like I don't want to have like drastically different like a a one a hundred thou front sight on one and 120 thou front sight on another like that's not going to be that's not going to be great yeah like you could probably make it work but it's not ideal yeah we definitely went overboard on that one all right guys uh (laughs) jay i really appreciate you coming on uh i really enjoyed this conversation uh i hope this i hope this video makes it to the public i Uh, hope so i hope so man that rapid fire was like so efficient Yeah. It hurt yeah, my soul. Thanks. Thanks for having me uh back on. This is this is a lot of fun. I don't even it, it's late, but who who even cares? We'll think about that tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I'll think about that very early tomorrow. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right. We need Jared to say something about stopping recording and was there anything we needed stuff. to say at the end here? Oh, we like, comment, subscribe, do all that stuff. Join our join our Discord. Yeah, they, they've already, those people have already turned it off by now. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody's turned it off by now. The only people watching right now are, are the people that uh, are part of the Discord community. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Oh, shout out to GX Products. He's wearing his, his hat, Leif's hat. Yeah, hey. his hats are awesome. And and shout out to, uh, go look at Steve Anderson and his and his sponsors because they're, they're also um, shared with mine as well so check out those awesome. people Be, uh, before yeah. do it and says like hey jay you didn't mention me it's okay don't don't get up i did but you have to listen all the way to the end that's right <laughs> yeah if he says something you say well hey you didn't listen to the whole show yeah <laughs> all right later oh, stop recording damn it <laughs>